Welcome to Word of the Week. I'm Joe Manns, and each week I get together with my good friend and business partner, Roy Browning. If you've listened to more than one of our past episodes, you'll know we always get along, but that doesn't mean we always agree. Join us each week as we explore different topics, often from equal yet opposite points of view. Good day to everyone, whether it's morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you're at, whenever you're listening. This is Roy Browning. I'm here with my good friend, Mr. Joe Manns. Joe, how you doing today? Hey, man, it's always good when we're on Word of the Week. <laughs> you know, my, one of my favorite things Zig Ziglar used to say is, he's uh, like, you know, they say, Zig, how you doing? He says, oh, I'm having a great day. He's like, well, what if you lied about that? He says, I ain't lying. I'm just telling the truth in advance. <laughs> so when I have a lousy day and someone asks me how I'm doing, I'm, that that's my program answer, and I feel good about it because uh, – even if I'm not having a great day. Um, hey, I notice people having worse days than me. True story, true story. Well, Joe, today we're talking, we're continuing on our journey through the seven habits of highly effective people. We've already talked about being proactive. We've talked about beginning with the end in mind. So if you haven't cut, if you haven't checked out those episodes, go back, listen to them. They're good. But today we're going to talk about one that I know is a very uh important uh topic to discuss but it's also one of your favorites i know because i have probably 700 drawings of of quadrants about things being (laughs) urgent and things being important and today we're going to talk about putting first things first so you want to get us kicked off today yeah i think it's important that when we talk about well any of these topics but particularly this one for me it's um, it can be all encompassing, right? What's the most important things in your life and making them um, kind of holistically a priority. And then if you're at work, what are the most important things at work? <laughs> and when you're at home, what are the most important things? So it's not like just one massive chart that says, okay, well, because this project at work has a deadline, it's more important than my family. Um, I'm really, really big on, you know, wherever you are, be there. Hey, another Zig Ziglar thing, actually. And wherever you are, be there. And the idea is that when I'm at work, I should be focused on work because we've all done it. We've been at work and we're thinking about the unmanaged things at home. And when we get home, we're thinking about all the things we didn't get done at work. And it's usually because we're at work and maybe we're texting or or you know, talking with with our spouse. And then when we're at home, we're maybe still answering emails and things like that. So there's just this hard balance between things. So the idea of wherever you are, be there is to say, hey, I'm at work. I'm going to be at work and managing the relationships, the important relationships. Hey, honey, listen, I've, you know, when I'm at work, I want to just really give it all I got. And I'll check in with you at the lunch break. And, you know, maybe uh, I'll give you a call on my way home from work so we can catch up a little bit before the chaos of the evening kind of ensues. But it's um, communicating with those people around you. And that way, when you are uh, putting the first things first, they get to live in the space where they belong and they don't get all mixed up between, you know, having to prioritize work stuff at home and home stuff at work and all the other places. I mean, that goes down to even. Uh, prioritizing time with your children and time with your spouse, right? What's, what are the things? So this is why I love this chapter because it is an all-encompassing life thing, but it can also work 
at the personal relationship level as well. Oh, so true. So true. Uh, I was just literally a, a couple nights ago having a conversation with my wife about uh, who comes first. And, you know, one of the things I enjoy about this podcast is the fact that we have a little bit of transparency here and we can we can we can be ourselves and, and you know, kind of share some of our own struggles in hopes that maybe somebody won't struggle in the same way that we have. And um, I, I believe her exact words were, it's OK, I know that I'm last. And when she says that, oh, you know, that's the, so the, knife, tough, man. the knife through the heart, because, you know, um, she wouldn't be saying it if she wasn't feeling it. And if right. I am, am honest and, you know, evaluate, evaluating what am I doing, then, you know, there's a lot of things that say, wow, you know, I really have put my wife, the, the most important person to me on this planet, I have put her behind other things. You know, and it, it, I think one of the things that uh, I sometimes pull out of my little toolbox uh, is is a, a, an activity that you you actually write down what you do throughout the day and, and do it for one week and then go back and look at it and say, all right, so I, I say that the, the things that are most important to me are God, and then my wife, and then my kids, and then my job, you know, and, and I have this order in my mind of what I think is the most important to me. But when I do this activity and I write everything down and I go back and look at it, what actually happens is it's almost it's an upside down list. What I spend the most time doing is my job and then, you know, the kids and then the church or then Rachel and then the church, you know, and, and it's like it's 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 opposite of what my desired outcome would be. And so, you know, those kind of opportunities, I think, are, are great opportunities to look at. Are we living the life that we discussed earlier are, are being proactive to live and that we're planning on. You know, when we're, we're beginning with the end in mind, I, I, I plan on ending my week with a good relationship with my wife. But when I look at the activities that I'm doing, they're not aligning with the outcome that I'm looking for. So, you know, when you talk about put first things first, if my wife really is more important to me than these other things, then I should be proactive and I should begin with the end in mind and, and build my week in a way that shows her how much I care about her in my heart, not just what I'm doing with my actions. Yeah, well, it's tough. And I think that, well, the exercise that, that you did of writing down the things that you did throughout the week is exactly the opposite exercise of putting first things first. Putting first things first says mapping out what you're going to do and following it where the exercise you did is kind of the checks and balance with that. Am I doing, you know, it's like documenting, am I doing the things that I set out to do in the first place? So it's kind of a cool right. exercise. And also I have to speak for all the people scratching their heads right now and probably going to pipe up and say, cause I feel it too. I, I know we all feel it. Like when it comes to work-life balance, it's like, well, yeah, my family is important and that's why I work so hard to provide for them. <laughs> and so comes that, dynamic and you know i i don't think it's one or the other i think that especially when seasons change in our lives um as long as we are planning what that season's going to look like at least initially as you do the transition and communicating and um hopefully the people you're communicating with understand whether it's a team member at the at the job or a family member at home and and, you know, it's it's and it's not 
rigid. It's not, I mean, it's, it is a fluid thing. Like we can plan it, we can communicate, they can understand, we can execute. But feelings are <laughs> the unknown variable. Like feeling overwhelmed with the situation, even though we all planned and agreed on it, um, sometimes you have to step out of bounds and 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 play the most important role, and that's making that person uh, feel important when they feel last, um, even if it was terms that were agreed to. And that's hard uh, because you never know when the feelings are going to come up. Usually, mm-hmm. like when there's a massive deadline that has to be met yesterday. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because those are the times at work that we become most committed to work, right? Like we got to hurry up and see the project through and get it done. And we forget about the people around us because we've already agreed and communicated and we're moving forward with the plan. But that doesn't mean the kid didn't stub a toe and start crying while the wife was doing their number one priority at that time. <laughs> right, right. So, man, we just got to remember, like, relationships are, are, are dynamic and they're, they're not easy. And I think that the idea, if I learned anything from the seven habits, the idea is that having a plan and a set of rules, um, I don't it, rules aren't the word, but a system, a system by which your ecosystem operates being you as a person or you and your family or you and at the job, but having a system uh, where everyone is executing the system the same way by the same uh, boundaries, it doesn't account for everything, but it accounts for a lot. And so therefore maybe 70% of it's predictable and the rest of it's kind of responsive and, and, and responding to those moments. But heck man, know a lot of people, including myself, before reading Seven Habits and before taking some other steps to make changes, had no plan at all and are 100% reactive. <laughs> and that's not good. <laughs> that's, no, yeah. That's good. So, well, let's get into what does first things first look like? What are, what are the tools that Stephen Covey gave us to work with first things first? Yeah, you know, one of the tools that I think is one that I know you have used often is that urgent and important matrix. Um, It's where we can decide what are the things that we have to do first versus what are the things that we can schedule? What are the things that we can delegate? And what are the things that we just plain get rid of? And so when we look at that urgent versus important, and, you know, to your point, I think sometimes those important things become urgent in a moment and, and they have to be addressed you know, and, and then after they're addressed, maybe they go back into that not urgent category. But, you know, basically, since you're, since everyone's listening and not seeing a picture of this matrix, uh, w- what we have here is we have four boxes. We have one big box that's split into four smaller boxes. And um, on the left-hand side, we have important and non-important. And on the across the top, we have urgent and not urgent. And it turns into this matrix of your urgent and, and important items, and these are the things that, that Stephen Covey tells us to do first. We have our not urgent but important, which means we're going to schedule these things so we don't lose track of them. Because if you don't change your oil in your car, eventually it's going to become urgent and important when your engine doesn't work, right? Uh, so that's the top two boxes. The bottom two boxes, bottom left would be your not important urgent box. Those are the things that we want to delegate to other people. And then in the bottom right-hand corner, you would have your not urgent, not important. 
And those are the things that you have to find a way to get rid of. So that's one of the tools we have. I know that that's one that you love to use. I've seen you teach it to myself, to our teams, um, to perfect strangers, uh, because it's one of those tools that's really powerful. Um, but I think that's one tool that is is a, a big piece of this chapter. Yeah, absolutely. So you got four quadrants and, and you know, the most important and most urgent is in the upper left. Those are the, you know, emergency minute or meetings, the last minute uh, deadlines that come up, but it's uh, real pressing problems are going to have profound impacts if you ignore them, right? It's unforeseen events. These are when the when the wife calls and the kid stubbed their toe or they're having um, someone around you, an employee, whatever, is having a, um, a bit of a crisis that they need you to help manage. And, you know, that Stephen says to, you know, connect with the mission the roles and the goals. And, you know, when you do that, you, you're able to kind of organize things on on what's most important, right? If you were to prior, make a list of all the things and prioritize them from most important to not important, um, then you have a list of kind of the, the things that need to be done. And then it's what needs to be done first. And those top things really become your top quadrant. Um, when that box is clear, you move on to, you know, kind of the next things um, that are, you know, they're important, um, but maybe they're not urgent. But the idea is to know what's important and what's not. And then you schedule the things that are big, the things that are um, most important and most urgent. You schedule to get those things done, because if we don't plan to get it done, if we don't, I know about me anyway, I'm going to speak on that. It's not on my calendar. It doesn't get done. I will often ask somebody to send me an email, not because I'm lazy, but my to-do list is already three miles long. I don't want to lose this. When it shows up in my inbox, I use my inbox to prioritize my task list. And so when I get that email, it's at the top of my inbox. I give it a mark and it becomes a priority um, in the scope of what's urgent and what's important. And so that's a tool that works for me, but I schedule to have those things done. I literally will put them on my calendar and make time to get them done. And then he says, just organize the rest of the things. So if it's not urgent and it's, but it's important, um, organize that. Where is that going to live in the scope of all things we have to get done? Now, here's what, what happens if it's important, but it's not urgent. Let's say a deadline that's two weeks from now. Well, as you're working through the urgent and important things, knocking out the rocks, as he says, well, guess what? Time has elapsed, and now that two-week-away deadline is a week away. It maybe become uh, a little more urgent now. Right. <laughs> and right. it's cool because now you can bump that over to that next box or something that was unimportant now became important. Why? It's not important to me that I do this thing, but now it's important to an employee or my, my spouse or my kids that I do this thing. And it went from unimportant because I don't care about this thing. I could care less about going to the movies. When my kids want to go to the movies and spend time with me, that became, the movies became important. Maybe not so urgent, right? But in the important box. And then as time lapses and we still haven't, because the kids got a pretty good way of reminding us when they want something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and as the, that reminder becomes more frequent and, and, and it's been probably ignored too long. Let's make it urgent and important in the family box, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm a fan of the tool. It's, it's easy to use. It's hard 
to become disciplined to use it. But using it itself is, is pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And you you bring that up in terms of tasks that we need to do. Uh, the other thing that, that this can be applied to is our problems. Uh, you know, so our, our issues that we face, how many times are we sucked into, oh my gosh, this is a fire, this has to be solved right now. But when you step back and you look at it in the grand scheme of what your list already is that you have, you say, I mean, you said this to me numerous times, I recognize that this is the most important thing on your list but this is number five on my list, or this is number 10 on my list. It's not a, a fire to me, even though it's a fire to you. And so what do you do with that? Uh, we talk about tools that we use a lot in business. We use the entrepreneur operating system. And one of the tools that we have there is the issues list. And you know that's something that, that I know that I iterate over and over and over again to my coworkers. Hey, if this is something that is literally an emergency and we identify this as a, as a fire that needs to be put out right this second, then come knock on my door, come walk into my office, whatever, and we will address this. We will make sure that this fire gets put out right now before it causes more damage than it already has. But if this is something that can wait until tomorrow or if this is something that can wait until our weekly meeting that we have, our, our level 10 meeting where we can address the root cause of these issues, well then put it on the issues list. We're not going to lose track of it. We're, we're going to have a home for it and we're going to address it. It's just not going to be addressed right this second. And so that's, again, it's a tool that we can say, this is important, but it is or is not urgent for right now. It can wait. And the more that we put those things off that can actually wait, the more we can get those things done right now that can only be done right now. I'm glad you brought that up. And for our listeners who don't know what EOS is, you don't have to understand all of EOS to understand this one important thing. There is a weekly meeting where all the decision makers get together, the key leaders of the key departments get together, and they solve problems for the organization. They check in, but um, to Roy's point, point that they, they, they discuss, identify, discuss, and solve uh, major issues in the organization. So it's not a matter of that can be put off until tomorrow because my thing is more important. I know that's not what you said, but that's if you don't have this piece of information, it kind of sounds like that a little bit. Now, what he's saying is there's a scheduled weekly meeting that is specifically for addressing um, a lot of those those issues that come up. And so the question that we ask people when they come to us with those kinds of what feels like an emergency we say, is this something that needs to be solved before our weekly meeting? And which is a little different than saying, can't this wait till tomorrow? Because what I'm saying to you is, is it's important. Let's get it on the list. Let's identify what it is. Let's discuss it and let's solve it. But does it need to be solved between now and then? If so, let's, this is absolutely urgent and let's solve it. But having that meeting on the books that is it doesn't move. It doesn't change. It's there every week. You can count on it. That is a rock. That is a priority every week. So in our organization, what what they know when we say can this wait, what they know it means is there's an appointed time for things that are not emergencies that need to be solved right now. Is this one of those things or is this something we need to solve right now? And that's right. what we love. That's one of the big things we love about EOS is that it gives us that stake in the ground so we don't have to because this is what happens, right? A lot of times um, 
And with good intent, it's saying, hey, I'm really busy right now. Can this wait? But there's it's kind of this thing in the air, this little floaty cloud of when when is wait? When does wait come around? Where is the place in time where we can discuss this thing? Because it's pretty important sure. to me. I know it's going to happen. You're going to get really busy and it's never going to get solved. But having that weekly scheduled meeting where the decision makers are in the room gives you that space where those things can be solved. And that's why I love that you brought that up. That is that is so huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Joe, from, from your perspective, outside of the matrix, you know, what else do you take away from this this chapter of, you know, putting the first, well, first things, things first? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, and it's kind of another tool that that I use is, you know, I think that, and it comes from years of account service, right? I want to make my clients happy. It comes from leading teams. I want my team members to be happy. I want them to know that their priorities are important to me too, and I want to be here to serve them and assist them. So what do you do when a client comes to you and you're already got a full plate and you want to make them happy and you're already burning the candle both ends and they're not the only client you have, or it's only blank employee or child or other important relationship. Um, what do you do when your plate is overflowing and they want more from you because this thing's important? And that's a really hard thing to do. It took a lot of time and a lot of practice for me to, to do it. But I've learned this. When I simply ask them the importance and urgency of the thing that is kind of bubbled up here, um, sometimes they will say, oh, it's not that important. It's not that urgent. Or it's, it's, a, it's urgent, but it's not important. And so what I've learned to do is ask that question, and I also ask this one. Hey, Roy, I really want to help you out with this. It sounds like this is very urgent, very important. Um, I have these five things on my list to do for you right now. In order to get this new thing done, I'll have to set one of those things down. So which of these tasks would you like me to replace your new task with? So now what they are doing is prioritizing the urgent, important things that you've already been assigned. Hey, I want to help you with it. I've got one through five. This is number six, but I've only got room for five. <laughs> so, and that's a fair question to ask folks. If you are already doing all you can, and this is just a matter of someone, again, not with bad intention, just they just don't know. And when, and when someone comes to you and says, let me set one more thing down on your desk. Sometimes they say, you know what, I'll just, I can solve it myself. No problem. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll handle this one. Or they'll say, like Roy, you did for me today. Um, Roy asked me to do a, a task for him if, like last week. And I've just been so busy um, that today when you checked in on it, you know, I was like, I just, I'll have to set something down. I can get to it. And you said, no, it's important that this gets done, but so are those other things. I'll just do it. They offer to do it sometimes, or they'll offer to do another task that's on your list. Well, I'll take number two, you take this one. And it works, but that's what communication is all about. And this, those skills are actually in the seven habits that kind of come later on, where he talks about the idea of win-win, where um, a win-lose or a win-compromise, those don't work, but we'll get to those. We'll get to those later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll get to those. And, uh, you know, just jumping back, we talked about um, you know, two weeks ago, we talked about being proactive. And I think one of the things that 
ties together proactivity with putting the first things first. Um, when we first meet with our clients, we have the opportunity to set the expectations of what it's going to be like to work with us. But we also have the opportunity to teach our clients how we work. And so if we encourage our clients to call us at nine o'clock at night at home on a weekend and interrupt our weekend plans, then that's what they're going to do. They're going to say, well, I was able to do this before. I'm going to do it again. If you work in, a, in an industry where that's a requirement, you know, if, if you're in an IT support situation and somebody's server goes down and they can't work, you have to have somebody available at, at nine o'clock, uh, two o'clock in the morning, maybe. You might have to have somebody available. That's something that you have to provide in order to provide business continuity. But if you, you know, say work for an ad agency or maybe a promotional products company, do you really need to talk to me at nine o'clock at night on a Saturday about an order that you placed, you know, maybe it was Friday at 5 p.m., you know, or, or uh, maybe the, the deadline was is three weeks from now. You know, is it really vital that we talk right now? And so if we're proactive and we teach our customers to treat us the way that we want to be treated and, and we give them the respect of treating them the way we want to be treated, we have the opportunity to be proactive and set that expectation up front. So then we're not getting phone calls at Friday or, or Saturday at nine o'clock at night <laughs> because we've already communicated that. Hey, listen, we don't work on the weekends. You're not going to be able to get a hold of us, you know, so you know, send an email or, or message us and we'll get back to you on Monday or whatever the case may be. Isn't that the power of healthy relationships, though, whether it's client relationships or personal relationships is. Um, or I mean professional or personal relationships in general is just the ability to say, here are my boundaries. Thank you for respecting them. And then when, and we've all had it, you know, hey, there's this deadline coming up and what, when we give them permission, you know, and I'll do this, I'm like, hey, you know what? Just give me a call if there's an issue with it. Or, um, you know, I might say, hey, Susie, I really want to, let you know that this campaign got launched in time and that it's all good. What's the best way to do that after hours? Well, I really want to know, Joe, so shoot me a text. Okay, cool. So you're asking for permission on how to communicate with that person outside right. of standard business. And then the key to follow that is respecting those boundaries in those exceptions. I tell people, uh, you know, people apologize often because I get calls all the time, day and night, text messages all day and night. And I simply, you know, I, I tell them like, you don't have to apologize if I'm busy, I just won't respond. Just don't be offended if I don't text you right back and or don't text you back till tomorrow. Right, And right. that's again, respecting those boundaries. And when you have um, good relationships, you know, if, if you're fortunate enough to, to build good relationships with clients and vendors and coworkers and family members, uh, man, that contributes to that whole, doesn't that change the priority of which relationships come first? I mean, outside of God, spouse, children, doesn't that like kind of <laughs> like I'm going to get back to somebody who respects me um, way quicker <laughs> than someone who doesn't, you know, and where there's a healthy relationship there that helps me prioritize <laughs> all the subsequent yeah. relationships. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of those phone calls that maybe get pushed off a little bit later. <laughs> I'm not ready to deal with that one first thing yeah, on Monday so morning. Yeah, it's so tough. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been yeah. there. But 
Hey, Roy, I just want to say, man, really great conversation today. Thank you so much for, you know, for sharing, but always your transparency and willing to kind of get a little deeper and, and share personal stuff, man. It's I think it makes for great conversation. And hopefully, like you said earlier, hopefully our experiences can help someone, uh, you know, someone else. That's right. That's right. Yep, absolutely, Joe. Great conversation today. Thank you. Thank you to everyone that is listening today. And uh, looking forward to next week's episode. And uh, we haven't given away what we were going to do next week for any of the other episodes, so I'm not going to start now. But <laughs> check back in again next week. If you read the book, you know what's coming next. If you haven't read the book, we encourage you to get it. And we were going to be talking next week about the next habit of highly effective people. All right. Till then, take care. Goodbye.